Hello, everybody. Welcome back once again to the Great Scott Podcast. Today, I am joined by author Michael Stern. He wrote a book called I Had a Ball, detailing the life of Miss Lucille Ball. How's it going, Mr. Stern? I'm doing quite well. And Michael, please call me Michael. All right. It's, you, re- you know, really, Michael is the best name there is, isn't it? Oh, it's phenomenal. It used to be the number one name in the world for years. And I don't know what it is now, but it's gone down on the list. But Michael was number one and still is number one. It's still number one, at least to us. Yeah, absolutely. And we have the same last name initial. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. How, how about that? But anyway, so um, so like I had mentioned, you uh, had written a book called I Had a Ball, and you're dubbed as Lucio Ball's number one fan. And and before we by even get herself. by her herself, absolutely. And before we get to that, you were recently at the Hollywood Museum for a Lucio Ball event. That is correct. Uh, they had a nice little. They still have a tribute year round for Lucy, but this happened to coincide to the thirtieth. I hate to use the word anniversary, but it was the anniversary of her death, and so they had a nice extra displays of some of her costumes and. Um, just some of her work was shown, and her granddaughter, Catherine Leckenbill, was there, and Tom Watson, who was Lucy's publicist, and he was also the fan club president, um, Barry Livingston, who was on My Three Sons, but he was on The Lucy Show a couple episodes, and um, a few other people who worked with Lucy are big Lucy fans. Um, it was a big, it was sold out. I mean, it was packed. It was beautiful. Good. I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, Lucille Ball's life, and uh, we're still celebrating her life and her work all these many years later. It's really nice to know that she's been around for so long, but even I Love Lucy, which is, what, almost going on 70 years, people still watch it every day. And the sad thing is there's a lot of people who don't know who, like, Bob Hope or Milton Berle, all the comedians of the 50s and 60s, people don't know who they are anymore. I mean, we have in Burbank the Bob Hope Airport, and they want to change the name because they don't know who Bob Hope is anymore. Yeah. Or Johnny Carson Park. <clears throat> Who's Johnny Carson? You know, they don't run his things anymore, and it's forgotten. But Lucille Ball, I Love Lucy, is still shown every single day. What do you think makes Lucy stand out so much from all the other people that you had just mentioned? Well, I I always say she's funny, but so were they. Um, But she's timeless, and she had a show that aired every day. Uh, Bob Hope only had specials, and they don't rerun those specials, which I wish they would because they were funny. Um, They rerun, like, the Carol Burnett shows right now on MeTV, and they're 50 years old, and they still hold up today. Some of them are a little outdated, but I Love Lucy is not outdated. No. It's, it's wonderful. Um, I think that there's a quote that someone had said that her face has been seen by many more people in the whole entire world than anybody else. Uh, including the Queen of England. Including, yeah, that, that's quite impressive. It I really mean, is. And yeah. I don't think Lucille Ball knew how famous she was when she was living. I mean, she knew she was a big star, but just that she's known worldwide. I mean, it's just 
uh, one of my favorite stories that I always tell is that I was in England, and I actually got to meet the Queen of England, and that's a whole story in itself, but it's true. And I said to the Queen, you know, and I only had like 15 seconds to say all this, but <laughs> I said, back home in the United States, I work for Lucille Ball, and she told me if I saw you to say hello. She literally turned around. She said, you know Lucille Ball? Wow. You tell her I say hello. Um, turns out that the Queen of England, her favorite show is I Love Lucy. Wow. Yep. That's what she was watching in the Royal Palace, huh? Wow. Yes. And there's actually a picture. I've seen it once, and I think I have it somewhere, that the Queen is watching TV, and it looks fine. Okay, she's watching TV. But if you bring the TV closer, like blow up the picture, it's her watching I Love Lucy. So um, I want to talk to you about uh, Lucille Ball as a person away from um, how, how we know her. What was she like away from uh, the screen? Was was she able to live a normal life with her family? With her family, absolutely. She was a mom. Um, and I knew her basically after she finished her last big series, Here is Lucy. So that was in 1974. Um, so I knew her after that. I knew her from like, I really got to know her from like 74 on. Um, I met her before that, but knowing the real person was in her later years. And the question is like, could she live a normal life? The answer is no, no, because everyone would go up to her all the time and people would knock on her door every five minutes. Like, hi, it's Lucy home. It's Lucy home. And so that was a little odd. Yeah. However, could she go to a restaurant? Absolutely. Um, does she know, does she know how to not at the, at the front table? Yes. Sit in the back? Yes. Have her back towards the front door? Yes. I mean, so she knew these little tricks. However, she had that flaming red hair. Yeah. <laughs> it was like really. only one person could have that hair, and it was her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in that respect, people would come up to her even at dinner every five minutes, you know. Miss Pa, I really don't want to bother you, but could I please have an autograph? This was before everybody was taking photos. And she would, and she would do it, and you know, but, you know, it happens a lot. I have a policy myself. If I ever see a celebrity, and I love celebrities, if they're with their family, if they're eating dinner, they're, I do not bother them. Nope. Sorry. Uh, it's off limits for me. Well, now, that I mean, mean, if they go to the sidewalk and they're waiting for their car or something, I may ask for a photo. But other than that, no, if they're eating, they're on their own. <laughs> uh, going off topic from Lucio Ball for just a moment, um, Joe, Joe Montana, the uh, football quarterback, said if he's – and he said this in public before. If he's ever with his family, don't even bother going up and asking him for an autograph. He's never going to do it. He's never going to sign because that's family time with him. So I get yeah. what – yeah, I get what you mean. So Yeah. Um, I just heard from a celebrity the other day and I won't say who it is, but it happened four times at dinner. And they almost had like the same script. 
oh, I'm so sorry to bother you. This only takes a second. Could I please get an autograph? <laughs> Four times. Once one person does it, then they go, oh, it's open game. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Right. You know, and it, but it happened like four times, you know, fast. So, so, so back to Lucy. Um, talk about um, the first time that you had uh, met her. Uh, were, you, were you in shock that you were actually getting to meet the woman who you were such a big fan of? Um, the very, very first time I went to see her live and in person was at a filming of Curious Lucy. I was 10 years old. I was 10 Almost 11. So I was looking back, I was young. And I can still remember I was sitting, I was very nervous, but I was sitting in the studio audience. And I remember her husband, Gary Morton, you know, introducing her. And she comes out from the center of the curtain and waves. I mean, runs from one end to the stage to the other, waving with her flaming red hair. And I guess she was wearing like an Afghan type flowing, you know, like she was like an angel, you know, and I could still, re- I could still see me as that 10 year old when she came out. I mean, just with the orange hair and the outfit wow. and wow. never forget it. Now I went back a couple more times and when I was 12 and a half, I went to Lucille Ball's mother and I, again, I was 12 and a half. You know, I was a young boy, yeah. and I showed her my scrapbook of photos, and she said, how would you like to meet Lucy after the show? So, of course, for two hours, I was biting my nails, Oh, <laughs> uh, because six hours only took like an hour and a half, two hours to film in those days. Uh, now they take, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours. It's horrible now, sitcoms. Um, they'll rewrite a show while the audience is waiting. And Lisa Waller, Kel Burnett, or Mary Tullamore would never have stood for that. Right. Or all in the, I, I went to an All in the Family once, and literally it started at 6 p.m., and it was over by 6.30. So, I mean, they did it like a play. Um, I, um, But I did get to go backstage, nervous as I could be. My mom was with me, but she refused to go backstage to meet Lucy because she knew that this would have been my only time to see her. So um, I got to meet her, and just I was nervous, but I guess I was mature for 12 and a half. And um, she looked at my scrapbook of photos. She gave me a kiss. She signed an autograph, and off I went. And... uh, I'll never forget it. Just, you know, like thinking that was the only time, but then I happened to see her over and over again and, uh, things changed. You know, she finally sat me down and said, look, you might never want fan, but you better get a job. In school. <laughs> so, um, I got a job. I mean, if Lucille Wall told me jump off a bridge, you know, the old thing is you don't, but for her, I would have. Yeah. And, I got a job working at the May Company, which was a department store at the time, um, in North Hollywood, which is not Beverly Hills. Let's just say that. It's not Beverly Hills. And she came to make sure that I was working. She drove down with a friend of hers named Mary Wicks, who's a character actress who was in uh, Sister Act and Father Dowling Mysteries and 
so many things and a lot of Lucy shows and I love Lucy and uh, they went shopping and I was their little escort for the two hours that she was at the May company and then she actually gave me her home phone number that day and said, do you play backgammon? And I said, no. And she said, good, you'll learn. And I was at her house after that, like three days a week from my days off. Wow. And after school too, yeah. So that's that's pretty incredible. I mean, for 12 and a half, I mean, uh, you must have really Im- impressed her, I guess, uh, having met her for the very first time. You know, I don't, I think when I first met her at 12 and a half, I think she thought, okay, I'll sign an autograph, she'll never see me again. But then I happened to see her over and over again. And then that's when she realized, kid, get a job. <laughs> wow. That, I think that's how that happened. And uh, we became friends ever since. Now, are, are you still friends with her uh, kids as well, Desi and, and Lucy? Her- I I talked to Lucy just uh, yesterday, and I'll see her tomorrow. And I'm traveling in the next couple of weeks, and I'll see her on the East Coast as well. So, yes, she's like a sister. It's, it's so nice that here I was a fan, and I was a fan of Lucy Arnaz as well, that She's now like a sister. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, we 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 are family, which is very nice. You know, I'm not family because I'm a fan. I'm a friend. So uh, you, friend. you, so you also work in in a show business realm. Well, in in multiple facets, but I mean, um, your career in show business. Would you say that you devote that to uh, to Miss Ball as well? Your whole entire career. One hundred percent. Uh, I always liked going to TV shows as a kid. Um, besides Lucy, by the time I was like 14, 15, I was on a bus, a city bus that was about a 45-minute drive uh, to NBC Studios in Burbank. It was one bus, but it was 45 minutes. And I would go see shows like Hollywood Squares or Chico and the Man. Uh, CPO Sharky. Um, uh, there was game, a lot of game shows, uh, just a lot of game shows, and that was at NBC, and that was how I spent my free time. Um, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I remember going one time, and usually they would sit me in the back because you had to be 16. Yeah. And I wasn't quite 16 yet, but I remember the day I turned 16 or close to it. They sat me in the very, 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 very front row where there's only, I think it was either two or three seats in the very front row. It was like the most primed seat. I was so excited. And then they said, and the the guest host of the night was McLean Stevenson from MASH. MASH, And And he sang for his monologue for like 20 minutes. It was like, oh my gosh, it was the worst thing in the world. It was like... But um, he was no Johnny Carson. I mean, it was fun, but you wanted to see Johnny Carson. You know, so how disappointing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, because that seat was phenomenal. And I would go to Bob Hope specials. Uh, that was always exciting, too. And I remember, like, Sammy Davis Jr. was a guest star, and uh, Angie Dickinson, and Rose, uh, Marie Osmond, and, you know, yeah. all these celebrities. You know, and I was a little kid. And... In those days, security wasn't like security it is today. So 
I remember collecting autographs. And, you know, sometimes they'll go, go back to your seat. Or other times it was like, just follow us back to our uh, green room, you know, whatever. So it was a lot more relaxed in those days. I mean, so you talk about you get a lot of these autographs. My my mom used to have all these autographs as well from the NBC stars, but uh, like Michael Landon and um, uh, Bob Hope. And so basically, uh, it, to make a long story short, it turns out that his that her mom uh, had thrown them all away one day and she couldn't find them. So she did not know exactly what it was. So. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So, but. Oh, uh, uh, disappointing. I know, yeah, very disappointing. Yeah, so so let's uh, talk about you as a a little kid with all this fascination. Um, were were your parents very supportive of you uh, in going to this realm? You know what? It made me happy. I didn't have a lot of childhood friends at that time. I wonder why. Question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this was my escape. This is where I went. I had a good time. Um, they allowed me to go on a bus, which is so funny now today. That would never happen, but. Um, I would go and I was home by eight o'clock at night or seven o'clock at night or, uh, once in a while they would pick me up because it was like till 10 o'clock at night. Um, I would go to the show Chico the Man. Um, and I don't know if you know it. Freddie um, Prince. Would, yeah. Freddie Prince. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Freddie Prince and Jack Albertson who was in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or Charlie yep. and the Chocolate Factory or, Absolutely. um, but I would go every week. And I was known as the uh, Chico and the Man mascot. And so the warm-up comedian was James Comack, who created the show. He created Welcome Back, Cotter and a few other sitcoms. He would do the the warm-up of the audience to get the audience happy and everything. And he would – we got along so good that um, – he would ask me to ask the same questions every 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 week. So they usually film the same show twice on a Friday. Like at 4.30, they would do it in front of one audience. Then the cast would go out for dinner on the lot, and I would be invited. And then the writers would then go back to the writing room and said, you know, this line didn't work. Let's change this one line. Let's change this one line. Wow. And then they do it again at seven o'clock with a whole new audience. And so I would do it twice. And then uh, my parents would pick me up at 10 o'clock when the show was over. So by the age of 16, you're, <clears throat> excuse me. So you're by the age of 16, you're already living most people's dreams that a lot of people can't even achieve. You, you're, you're getting to know these people very well. Um, you're going to these show tapings. Uh, just, I mean, at, at, at 16, this all had to be so, um, so surreal for you. You know, but I never looked at it that way. I just looked at it as uh, normal. It, and it's crazy looking back. I'm going, yeah, this was, I mean, this really was weird. And um, I used to, at NBC Studios, and like I said, security was security, but it wasn't like it was what it is today. Um, there used to be another kid my age who would hang out there all the time. And he knew, well, first of all, his mom worked at NBC. His mom was in charge of guest relations. And this kid wanted to be a comedian. And so he would be backstage um, of The Tonight Show. I used to go backstage of The Tonight Show where all the celebrities would exit 
you know, when the show was over and I would collect their autographs like Bill Cosby and Shelley Winters and all these people. And, but this kid knew everybody. It was like, how does he know Bill Cosby? How does he know all these comedians? Well, his name is Byron Allen. Byron Allen. Absolutely. Right. And he's a mega producer right now on, for television with a lot of shows. If you Google him and, but we had like the same type of life as a kid. But at 18, he would do stand-up comedy, which I never did. But And then he had his own show when he was like uh, 17 or 18. It was called Real People. And uh, I never got that far in life. But he was he knew everybody. So I was always jealous of him. He I was jealous of. <laughs> so was that kind of your dream in life to be on TV and uh, have your own series and all that? I always wanted to work in television after all this, you know, with the celebrities. It looked like so much fun and, you know, everybody liked everybody and all this. And, you know, I didn't know the politics backstage at the time um, of who doesn't like who and who's mean and who's nasty and all that, except for one. I knew about one celebrity that wasn't nice, but um, I was able to see everything. And I, like I said, I love going to TV shows. I went to the Maritella Moore show a lot, wrote a, if you remember those shows, and I loved being in the studio audience. So that's what I do now. I'm in charge of studio audiences of the Dr. Phil show. Uh, yep. And I've been doing that. I've been at Dr. Phil now for 14 years, just loving life. I go to work every day loving it. So if I was to go to Dr. Phil, would you be like the first person that I see when I came to sit down in the audience? Uh, pretty much, yes. Okay. Uh, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm there and I I do a little bit of the warm up and I do the warm down after the show, but yes, I'm I'm seen and I have my audience every day of 300 people. So Wow. wow. So when when you're warming up, uh, do you like tell jokes or uh just tell like how how the show's going to go or how uh, that that goes? The show's done differently than any other really other shows because Dr. Phil is his own show, and he likes to do things differently than a sitcom. Of course, it's not a sitcom, and these are serious topics most of the time, and um, so it's a different vibe. Uh, we do have, after me, we have a real warm-up guy for this show who does the dancing and the, you know, the giving out the gifts and everything. I do more of the editorial of the studio. I give them information about, you know, this is the home of where Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz met. Oh, wow. You know, I give them my back history of, you know, fun things like that. So. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, so you speak of that. Uh, that's actually where Desi Lou was located at before all these shows now are there. Um, like, Dr. Right. yeah. Right. No, that's definitely true. Um, and there's a whole... Yeah, yeah, there's like a whole story behind that. Like, I think uh, Howard Hughes was the owner before. Um, of like, RKO. Yeah, RKO, RKO. Yeah. And I, Lucio Ball or Desi Arnaz bought it from RKO. And Paramount, yeah, I know uh, Howard Hughes had an office there. And yes, did he own RKO? Question mark? I'm not sure. I, I know I, he had something to do with it. Yeah, right, right. I think that he might have 
had a stake in it, but I'm, I don't want to say that with 100% certainty in case if I'm wrong. So, but yeah. Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure. That part I'm not sure. Oh, okay, so um, sure. so uh, there's someone else that we haven't talked about that was so influential. Well, I guess maybe there are so many people that have been influential in Miss Ball's life, but uh, uh, Desi Arnaz, um, uh, talk about the relationship that they had both on, on and off the camera. Um, I know that... Uh, that, I, that yeah. I can't really go into because, A, I was not there. Um, they were divorced by the time... I was born. Oh, okay. So I don't talk about her past of uh, what I wasn't there. I mean, I it would only be hearsay. Um, yes, she talked about it a few times to me, and she talked about <clears throat> at sometimes she would have like Q and A um, seminars, and she would talk then about Desi, or she was on talk shows and she would talk about Desi, and she would always say great things about him. I. I was at parties with them together. I mean, this was 25 years after they divorced, and they were best of friends. She would always um, trust whatever he says about anything and acting like, hey, I'm about to do this. What do you think of this role? What do you think of that role? And so he would give, you know, not kudos, but right, uh, his, yeah, his, his blessings all the time. So she always – trusted him and what I've always heard was that they still loved each other but they just couldn't live together and after they both divorced they both remarried other people and they both had really long marriages after that uh, Desi had a woman named Edie and Lucille Ball had a husband named Gary Gary, yep. and, and Gary Morton and they were married 28 years so I mean they both had happy lives so, good, yes, good. they spent time together afterwards. They just couldn't live under the same roof. So, uh, Red, so do you remember the last time that you saw Miss Ball before she had passed away? You know, I had that as a two-answer. Um, the very, very last time was at the 1989 Oscars, which was her last public appearance. Um, I was with her um, right after she finished the red carpet. And as soon as she walked into the Shrine Auditorium, I was there. We walked backstage. We were in the green room for a good hour. Um, and then she said, why don't I take her? I, went, I, was supposed to be, I was supposed to be a seat filler. I went, and so she gave me her actual ticket, which was the second row. So I got to sit in the second row for the entire Oscar show wow. when Lucille Ball comes out with Bob Hope, uh, big standing ovation. Uh, then she waves to me and says, hi, Mike, on the air, um, which you can see on YouTube. Then about a week later, I was at her house, and I saw her, and she was sleeping on the couch, so I didn't wake her up or anything. So the answer is I saw her twice. I saw her at the Oscars which was her last public appearance, and then at her house. So when she was at the Oscars, could you tell that she was in frail health, like she wasn't going to be around much longer? No, absolutely not. Um, absolutely not. She had, you know, 
in the last year of her life, she wasn't the best of health, but she was out doing things. I mean, so I thought she had another 20 years. You know, you just never know. Right. Um, but, no, she wasn't sick at that point. Yes, she was sick, but she wasn't sick, if that makes sense. Um, you just never know when your last day is. Right, absolutely. You know, always consider, you know, always think today could be the last day and tell everyone that you love them and uh, hopefully uh, stay. Absolutely, absolutely. So did Miss Ball keep working until she couldn't anymore? Did she work her whole life uh, in? Uh, well, she yeah. was basically retired the last, you know, 10 years of her life. However, she did do... Um, she did do a TV sitcom that didn't do well. It actually failed. Um, and she was very upset with that. Um, called Life with Lucy. And after that, she thought nobody liked her anymore, which is so not true. Um, but then she did, like, Bob Hope specials. She did uh, a couple game shows. Uh, she loved word games. So she loved, like, Password and Super Password and Password Plus, whatever the password of the day was. Um, she loved playing. It was with Betty White most of the time. And Carol Channing, I remember, was there one time. And we would be at her house all the time watching Wheel of Fortune. It's like, buy C, buy C, or buy an A, you know. <laughs> um, it's vacuum. So, <laughs> so she was that, or she loved watching Oprah. I mean, she was, she stayed home a lot. Um, and she played backgammon or word games, and, you know, she kept her mind going, you know. Right. Um, yes. So that she did, and she answered fan mail, and she was still getting a lot of fan mail. So that she was doing. So she did a lot of things like that. So what was her official cause of uh, death? Uh, her aorta erupted by her heart. Um some people call it a heart attack. Her same thing that John Ritter had. Her aorta erupted. Right. Yep. Um, she thought she was. I mean, everyone thought she was going to come home from the hospital. It happened while she was at the hospital, and they all thought she was going to be coming home uh, within the week. She was doing well. So you just never know. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you one hundred percent. I mean. Same kind of thing with Joan Rivers. She was just going in to have something, I think, replaced or something like uh, something in her vocal yeah. cords, and then, and then all all this happened. I mean, she ended up passing away. Yeah, yeah, that was horrible. That I mean, it's horrible. It really is. I know. It, I know. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah but um, so. So you so you mentioned. Well, I haven't talked about this yet, uh, but you you wrote a book. Uh, called I, I Had a Ball, which uh, is available on, on your website, uh, michaelstern.com, right? No, The Lucy Fan. Or The Lucy Fan. Excuse me, I'm talking com. about. Yeah, TheLucyFan.com. Right, or Amazon, but TheLucyFan.com, and uh, they're all available, actually. So uh, tell us a little bit about the, the book, what, what we can find in there uh, when, when we uh, purchase it. It's the only book that's authorized by Lucernez and Desernez Jr. It's my life story, mostly about Lucille Ball and other things. Uh, I talk about Chico and the Man. I talk about Florence Anderson, 
who becomes like a second mother to me um, in later years. Um, Carol Burnett, I talk about Carol Burnett, Mary Tyler Moore. I'm like the golden age of Hollywood as a young kid who loved these celebrities that I became friends with. And um, not that I talk to Carol Burnett every single day on the phone or anything like that, but I see her often. I see her quite often. And it's really nice when they see you, or I get a little chill every time when, like, a Kilburn says, hi, Michael, or just, like, I'm going to name drop Jane Fonda. Two weeks ago, she sees me. Hey, Michael, how you doing? Wow. It's really uh, nice. You know, a Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, um, it's just, it, it, it is exciting, you know, and um, as Fred, as, one of the lines in I Love Lucy is like, you know, they're like people. They're just like you and me. And, uh, but I think Fred Murray says, well, they, they may be people, but they're not like you and me, but they are, <laughs> they are like you and me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So yeah. would you call your, so would you call Carol Burnett your Lucille Ball of today on uh, how you see her quite often? And, uh, you guys, you said that you see her quite a bit. I do see her quite a bit. Um, no, Lucille Ball will always be my Lucille Ball. Kel Burnett is, all right, it's a close second. <laughs> you know, um, I'm not as fanatic as I was as a Lucille Ball, um, but I like Carol as a person, and um, she's just very special to me. You know, she's just a wonderful person, and Kel Burnett, you know, came to Hollywood as a little girl, she was always infatuated with all these movie stars, and I don't think she forgot that. And so she's great with her fans. I mean, I think, you know, besides Lucy or whoever, Carol Burnett has always been phenomenal with her fans. Um, Betty White, phenomenal with her fans. You know, they always say, you know, the bigger the star, the nicer they are. And it is true. And today's stars sometimes forget that, you know, and I mean, yes, do not bother them when they're eating or, you know, they're with their family or, <laughs> absolutely, you know, or on the phone, you know, just there's a place in time for everything. And if it doesn't work out that time, it doesn't work out. It just doesn't work out. I'm lucky enough that I live and work in Hollywood. So I do have, you know, that with me and, but when I'm at work, I'm at work, and, you know, they're off limits. You know, I, I don't do it when I'm at work. Well, right, I do, right. <laughs> so um, to go along with everything else, uh, when the award season's going on, you also walk the celebrities as well down down the red carpet. Yes. Um, I work the Golden Globes. I work the SAG Awards. I work the Tony Awards. Um, different things on different shows. And... Um, it's always neat to see some of the same celebrities year after year or who is today's celebrity. Like, Oh my gosh, there's so-and-so she's the number one movie star of the year. And then three years from now you go, what was her name? What was her name? Um, but then they always have, you know, the Jane Fonda's and Lily Tomlin's and those are the ones I'm excited about. And they're excited, you know, that they're still in business and, they're still walking the red carpet 50 years later. Um, the nice one this year, I was walking with Carol Burnett the whole night. I was with her within five feet of her the entire night. Wow. And uh, there was a an award show that she was being honored 
that Kristen Chenoweth gave her an award. And for the first time ever, I was the one who actually walked Carol Burnett on stage um, as the male escort, you know, all the way to the podium and back. And that 20-second walk both ways was a highlight of my life. It's like, wow. oh, my gosh, the first time I ever met Carol Burnett was actually on the same stage at the Beverly Hilton Hotel in 1975. I was 14 years old. I met her, got her autograph. I met her there, and now 45 years later almost, I'm now arm-in-arm with her on stage. You know, yeah, 45 years later, but it's like, right. that doesn't uh, happen. No, that I know that. And I, I don't realize that, but it's true. So uh, for not, I mean, going back to how you wanted to be in like a TV series, uh, I, I, I think you're still doing well in Hollywood for not having your own TV series uh, or, or being an, an actor. You're doing like the next best thing possible. I think so. I, I, I think so. Um, I enjoy it every single day. Um, I meet a lot of people and I'm at the studio every day. Yeah. Um, right. I really do enjoy it. So you're just around a lot of uh, Hollywood history between the studio and the stars themselves. Yes, absolutely. Like uh, next door to us was um, the Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin show, or uh, Chris Rock was filming uh, a couple of sound stages over The Rock is now filming a show. Uh, the TV show Veep was filming. Wow. The show Glee, a few years ago, I used to hang out all the time with Darren Chris and Chris Colfer. I mean, all the time. That uh, when Chris was on Broadway last year or two years ago and I was there, um, I just wrote a little note saying, hey, Chris, I'm in town. And I got to go backstage while 300 screaming girls were outside waiting for his autograph. I got to walk right in. It's like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that you were the only one not screaming. That's why you got in, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. Um, <laughs> so um, let me ask you, uh, what what advice would you give to someone who wants to get into uh, maybe what you're doing or maybe get into the show, uh, the acting or whatever of entertainment? Never give up. There's a lot of no's. Uh, for every 10 no's or 100 no's, there will be a yes. And also, if you want to get into Hollywood and you get a job, take anything. Start at the bottom of the bottom. If you have to pick up trash, but you're at the studio, do it because you'll meet people. Um, Lucille Ball always said, you know, like if somebody went up to her and said, oh, I'm an unemployed actor and I cannot get a job here, she'll say, oh, what else do you do? And if the person says, oh, I'm an unemployed actor, she would be so disgusted with them. Um, she would tell them, you better go back to school, get a job, learn how to be a teacher, learn how to be a doctor, learn how to be a plumber, learn how to be a custodian, learn how to be – you know, all these things, learn how to do karate, learn how to ride a horse, uh, play a musical instrument, learn all these things, you know, 
if you do that, you get to do other things and you have something to fall back on. And yes, then you can still be an actor and take these classes and learn, but don't go to school just to become an actor because you could go to school for 30 years and you still don't get a job. Um, but if you go to school to be a teacher, you're going to be a teacher or a doctor or a nurse or you understand what I'm saying. Right, absolutely. Just don't be an unemployed doctor. I mean, an unemployed uh, actor. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of unemployed acting doctors out there, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh. <laughs> you, you, you hit the nail. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. No question. Well, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Michael, uh, thank you so much for for your time on this. Um, I really thoroughly enjoyed learning more about Miss Ball on what I did not know, and um, I'm gonna have to come visit you at at, at Doctor Phil. Please do. We uh, start filming uh, every August, and we go through about April. Are you guys? So oh, I guess you guys are on on a hiatus now, aren't you? Yeah. Right. You can always go to drphil.com. Dr. Um, and, and also one, one more time with your website uh, on where we can purchase the book at. Sure, and also uh, my celebrity photos are on there, which I have to update. Maybe I'll do that today. Is thelucyfan.com. Thelucyfan.com. And uh, will you autograph the books if we buy them? You betcha. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. It would be my honor. So All right. You. All right. Well, Michael, God bless you. Thank you so much again uh, for for all, all this history and uh, continued success in, in your career as well. Well, thank you very much, and we'll see you soon. All right, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.